Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line, K-I-N-Y. Good morning. It is time for Action Line, and joining me in studio is Cindy Fortier. She's the executive director of Juno Jazz and Classics. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So let's uh, talk about, first of all, Juno Jazz and Classics. For those who aren't familiar, uh, you're the executive director. Give us the overview of what exactly uh, it is. Yeah, so 35 years ago, uh, violinist Linda Rosenthal, who's a professional violinist who lives in Juno, started this festival with a bunch of other musicians, and she decided that we needed to have more live music here, and so she was bringing musicians from all over the country we still do this professional musicians from all over the country they come to Juno they stay for a week or so and they play free ticketed concerts um, and they go into the schools and just uh, spread their music all throughout Alaska so that was going on for May for May for about 32 years and then recently now we've added a fall series so it's uh, just a big festival of music for an entire month, uh, week. And um, as for the music festival itself, uh, what do you do to prepare for it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we have to raise all the funds for it because we try to keep our ticket sales really low. We're a nonprofit, and we want to make sure that everyone can be able to come to a concert and that money is not a barrier. So we raise money throughout the year. I write grants and uh, find people who want to help make sure that this can go on. So that's what I'm doing throughout the year and then getting all the artists contracted. We have an artistic director and his name is Zul Bailey and he's a Grammy Award winning cellist. So he knows tons of professional musicians who can't wait to come to Alaska and check it off their bucket list. So he'll make the lineup and then I'll get the contracts going, book the where everything's going to be because we have concerts all over Juno. And then we put the tickets on sale. We get the marketing ready for you just to be able to spread the word. And then we'll call, we'll, we contact all of the teachers in town and make sure that we can schedule all the artists to go into the schools for assemblies and they'll do workshops with the young musicians in the schools. So it's a lot of logistical planning right now and making sure that we have the money to pay for it so that you can come to concerts for about half of what you would pay to see these people down south. As we were talking about um, off-air, you have to prepare for this financially and that's no easy task either. What's in What's needed is, uh, I don't know how much money, but you have to seek a lot of grants as well. Mm-hmm. I'd say every festival costs about $70,000 to put on, and we don't make that back in ticket sales because we are trying to just send that music out to everybody. So we write grants, and we get federal grants and state grants. People are really excited about what we do because it's very unique to have jazz blues, classical, other, you name it, kind of music coming here and putting them all in the schools. So um, I write the grants and then we just had a big fundraising drive. So thanks to lots of people in Juneau, we uh, raised money to be able to put on the Spring Festival. So we had this big matching grant and uh, everybody just came together at the end of the year to get us ready to be able to put this on. The festival itself, uh, how many people attend and what 
is uh, the numbers you you seek every year and and how has it grown over the what 35 years yeah it was a three-day festival to begin with so it was very small and then it grew it kind of expanded to about 16 days and then people were thinking maybe that's a little too much all at once so that's why we split into two and now we're about eight days in the spring and six days in the fall and the amount of people who come it kind of varies depending on where we put the concert so we'll get a musician and we'll say oh that person would sound so good out of the shrine of saint Therese. well you can only fit 100 people in there but then we always try to have big huge concerts at centennial hall or the paradovich hall so we just uh it's a extremely wide variety of people that come and what about locals do you integrate locals as well as international acts or national acts we sometimes include locals, but our mission is mostly to have uh, professional musicians from outside of Juno, because there are lots of other arts groups who more masterfully incorporate all the wonderful local musicians we have. Well, jazz and classics, it's, it's, that's quite different. So you, you have everything broken down into uh, different venues for different musicians. and Yes. How's that work? Uh, well, it, it really depends on where we think the act will be, um, would, would work well or sound really good and how many people we have. Like in last spring we had Jane Bennett and McKay Kane. It was like an eight piece band. So they are really only going to work at the high schools or at Centennial Hall. And if we know that they're going to be a big hit, we're going to stick them in a big venue. And then we also really pride ourselves on being able to provide in intimate experiences and the concerts for people so some of our classical concerts that don't need amplification will stick out at the shrine of saint therese or maybe uh at a church and like a small church and so you really do get to sit 10 feet away from grammy award-winning musicians and we have a lot of those who come up and they're all these award-winning musicians it's it's pretty spectacular to hear in person and feel in person Grammy Award winners. Yeah. Like who? Well, we had, uh, well, Zul Bailey plays almost at every festival, and he has a Grammy. He's a cellist. Last spring, I don't know, maybe it was two springs ago, because I don't, I lost track of time. <laughs> we had Jason Vio. He's a Grammy Award winning uh, guitar player. And then the Jane Bennett and Makeke, who came last May, they had Grammy nominations. They had one or two Juno Awards, which is like the Grammys in Canada, because they were uh, one of the musicians was from Canada. I'm trying to think in recent, more recent history, who else had Grammys? That's all I can think of right now. I'm a big classical uh, music fan. Something that came about, about later in my life as I try to calm down. I like to play it when I cook or oh, just yeah. relax, you know, and just forget about everything and get away from all the, the madness of the world, classical does it for me. So I'm, I've never seen classical live. I'm, I'm, can you believe that? I'll have to experience it for the first time in Juno. It, it's so much better. Yeah, I'm really excited for you to hear. I want you to come to one of Zool Bailey's concerts because he like breathes along with his cello and he just, you can tell he's just one with his instrument and you can kind of feel the vibrations of the strings and the air. Yeah, it's, it's especially in a small space, you're gonna love it. I mean, I did experience a celloist in Sitka 
that might have been Zool. He plays there a lot. Yeah, I think it was. I interviewed him. I should remember these things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was the first time I had ever seen a celloist right in front of me, you know, playing in this little hall that they just renovated. So they were celebrating the renovation of this yeah. hall at Mount Edgecombe. I bet that, yep. That, yep. That was him. Yep, that yeah. was him. He's the artistic director. I didn't realize he was a Grammy Award too. winner. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even mention that when I talked to him in the uh, on the radio. I know, he's so I, humble I didn't even know, I didn't know who he was. I, I mean, I'm ignorant to these things. Oh, he goes around some, <laughs> some places in Juneau. He was playing at a vaccine clinic once and here in Juneau uh, for for people while they were waiting after the vaccines. And somebody came up and said, you're really good. You Have you recorded anything? And of course, he has tons of CDs. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm... Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm all right. You know, so <laughs> I don't know if you'd bring it up unless you knew. Well, when I was living in Sitka last year, everybody was very proud and excited about the music scene there. They have some great concert halls there, the one at the high yeah. school. And then the Mount Edgecombe has some really small venues that are beautiful. Um, but that, so they're kind of competing for the, for the same audience during the summer as Juno's doing. Those two big communities in Southeast doing jazz and classical, yeah. Sitka and Juno. Yeah, yeah. And Zul Bailey, interestingly, is the artistic director for Juno Jazz and Classics and the Sitka Music Festival. But it does work out. Um, people either come to one or the other or they love what they hear here and then they'll go over to Sitka to hear them again. So it's been working out okay because sometimes uh, one of the advantages is that they can come up to Juno, then go over to Sitka, and then they usually go to Anchorage and then go home. So we can uh, block book them, and it makes it more worth it to come all the way to Alaska to play. I was talking to my friend in Seattle who's a musician, and I, when I was getting ready to go to Sitka last year, he goes, "Oh yeah, they have a uh, uh, like a blues concert or something that's really popular there in jazz." Oh, and I was like, yes. "Oh, really?" And uh, but the the reputation of Southeast is out there. I mean, not but not everybody's clear about what's going on. Has there been any outreach to uh, you know get the lower forty eight abreast of what the music scene is going on in the Southeast area? Uh, that's a good idea. I don't know that we, we haven't worked completely together with that, but I think that's a really good idea and part of what I wanted. I love that we mostly have locals come here, but I want tourists to be able to know that they can come and do this, see the beautiful, see beautiful Alaska, come to a concert. I mean, that's why the musicians come up and play too. They want to see Alaska. So that's a good idea. Well, you know, these people in Seattle got to get out of the big city. Yeah. There's probably a million right. people that would like to come here just for that. Yeah. And they could come. In well, Portland, yeah. Oregon. These are two major markets that like to come to Alaska. Yeah. And then they will be able to see these musicians that they probably saw in Seattle at this big hall. If they love them, they can come to Alaska and probably meet them in person very easily because that's what you do at these concerts. That's a good point. Intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned blues and jazz and they do have that in Sitka. We usually bring up different pe different artists. And so then you could go over to Sitka and you could come here. We have this blues cruise that we just brought back last year that is very, uh, to speaking of intimate, we just clear out the first two rows of an Allen Marine catamaran and they go and play music there and you're on the boat watching the whales in the sunset. And there's these 
Grammy Award winning blues musicians playing on this boat for you. This just started last year? It was a thing for quite a while and then um, COVID and maybe a little bit before we had stopped doing it, but we brought it back last year. And so I'm just really excited about that part. So I wanted to tell everybody about it. Make sure they know the Blues Cruise is back because it was kind of an anchor to people's years. Like the Blues Cruise, okay, summer's happening because Blues Cruise is happening. So it goes on all summer? No, it's just, it's uh, like the last weekend of the festival, the Blues Cruise. I bet it's sold out already. No, well, it probably will sell out quickly, yes. We're going to put tickets on sale on March 1st. Can you just set aside two for me right now? Yeah, I'll set aside two for you. (laughs) Just just set aside two for me. I know. That sounds like too much fun. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, that's like combining everything I love. Yep. A a cruise out on uh, the ocean waters of Alaska and Southeast would great music yep and whales yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and food and drinks yeah that sounds awesome yeah 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 so i just want how many people can fit on the boat about a hundred it's it's a it's a small boat so even more intimate (laughs) yeah i know you're looking at me like make sure you get me those tickets (laughs) (laughs) it's out of ock bay yeah yeah. And then if you don't get the blues cruise tickets, we have a blues dance the next night. And that is a huge, it's our festival finale. So everyone comes to that. That's at the Elizabeth Paradovich Hall this year, at least. So um, you can at least still hear the artist, but man, that blues cruise is the best. <laughs> so as for the uh, artists themselves, you said you've, you've finalized who's going to be here already, right? I mean, you can't be trying to find people. This probably takes place a year in advance. These people have to book ahead. Yeah, that's right. Because they're working, they're all professional working musicians. So they're just, they have agents and this and that and tours. And so we do that ahead of time too. It's it's an odd job for me to be thinking this year and next year and the year after all at the same time because of the different pieces that you have to do. So yeah, this May is definitely finalized. You already got next year's book? Uh, soon. The, uh, January is about when I get the contracts ready for next fall and then the spring of 2024. You need any help with volunteers uh, now? Or uh, are you recruiting for them for later now? We'll, we'll recruit for the festivals uh, around when tickets go on sale. We put them together in case you like want to buy some tickets and then volunteer because I know it adds up. Even with cheap ticket prices, it'll add up if you want to go to five concerts. Um, but we, year-round, we're always looking for volunteers. Uh, if you like to do office type things or... Um, in uh, social media, uh, if you're a really good organizer, things like that, we can always use help because we're just a small organization with a big, huge mission. So anytime, if you want, you can just, if you, you just email volunteer at jazzandclassics.org or you can go on our website and, fi- and find information. But um, you can get put on the list and we'll email you when volunteer spots go open for the festival because we need, I don't know, 50 to 100 volunteers to make this happen. How long did you say you're the executive director? Uh, been, it's been three and a half years. Although I did move up for this job to Juno about 11 years ago. So 11 years ago, you had this job on your radar. Yep. I want to be the executive director of Juno Jazz and Classics. 
yeah, they hired me to move up here in 2009. I had the job for three years and then I went off and had babies and was teaching music. And then I came back in uh, three and a half years ago because it's a great job, mm. it, you know, putting on music for the people who do know it's the best. Do you travel around the lower 48 to find acts or, to, you know, just how do you? Our artistic director does. He, and because he is also a professional musician, he knows people or he'll go play at another festival and hear these great groups or he's play a lot of the classical musicians he's played with before. So he knows that they're quality and that they'll be easy to work with and that they'll be able to go into the schools and teach. Like he just knows because he's played with them before. So he's the one who gets, he, he curates the lineup every year. Getting back to the classical, did you say there's an eight-person orchestra coming up, or how, how large a group for, you know, classical music requires a lot of musicians? Yeah, that one, Jane Bennett and McKay was a Afro-Cuban jazz group, so they were bigger, and uh, so that was jazz, and we have a this, this time we have a big band coming up, but that's jazz. That'll be 12 to 16 people. Usually our classical is uh, chamber music, which is individual four. Yeah, each oh, three, one person people. per part. Um, so we'll have, we have one concert that's like piano, cello, and clarinet. Ah. That's it for that concert. Mm. And we have a lot of string quartets that come up. So small groups, because we have the Juno Symphony here. They do all the bigger group things, which is a whole other beast. It's <laughs> oh, good to know. Yeah. Gene, oh yeah, I forgot about the symphony. I'm just learning. It's my new town. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You're asking lots of good questions. <laughs> Am I? I don't know. <laughs> um, so the uh, jazz and... Uh, is, do you mix jazz and blues? I mean, is it J and B or just jazz? We... We do have, in the spring, we usually have a jazz artist that comes up, or a jazz ensemble, and then a blues ensemble. And they're separate. But we do have this event that I think maybe has been from the beginning called Putting on the Ritz. And mm. that is an evening of classical music and jazz music. And then some, t like it'll be a half, half of uh, jazz and then uh, an intermission and you have your food and your drinks it's a fancy night and then a half of classical and sometimes they play together like they'll uh, compose a piece together or there's some sort of piece that starts classical and ends jazz and then they all mingle together so we do try to integrate them as much as we can if the occasion arises and it, that's really fun and unique Shouldn't we call it Juno Jazz Blues and Classics? Yeah, we should. And the, and <laughs> other, you know, because we've had, we bring up folk musicians, like Mark O'Connor came a couple years ago. Uh, we bring up, we had a Zydeco band once. What's I that? Mean, uh, it's like Cajun music from Louisiana that, down there. So, um, yeah, I mean, whatever is interesting and Juno people like, we sometimes have just concerts like that. Postmodern Jukebox came. Alaskans like folk. Yeah, they do. They do. And you know, I've been listening to folk uh, on a digital platform, I won't. And it's something that's opened my eyes because I hadn't thought of folk uh, as having such a wide berth of sound and lyrics and Yeah. And I'm 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 digging it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh oh, we had a musician last fall, I think it was. I'm trying to keep all the 
festival straight in my head <laughs> but she she was a violinist and we she ended up playing a lot of folk music at the concert that we weren't expecting and it was so fun speaking of fun we'll take a break when we come back let's talk about the fun the kids are having and your involvement yeah in that and we'll discuss a little bit more about your concerts coming up and all that good stuff with the executive director sandy fortier of juno jazz blues and classics <laughs> action line continues k-i-n-y welcome back to action line as i talk to sandy fortier the executive director of Juno Jazz and Classics here at KINY's Action Line. We're talking about the event coming up in March. Want to get the dates again? Yeah, we'll put the tickets go on sale March 1st, and the Spring Music Festival is May 5th through the 13th. All right, keep that on my calendar. Yeah. So you like to sell the tickets that far in advance? Yeah, some people like they plan and make sure that they get their tickets so they don't sell out and then they'll know to stick around for the beginning of May. And uh, we usually have a big surge right at the beginning of March and then Folk Fest happens and we're all having fun doing that. And then Juno likes to be a last minute uh, community. So we get a bunch of ticket sales right at the end. But if you really want to make sure that you get the tickets before a concert sells out, you do it early. Very good. Good to know on your website. Yes, jazzandclassics.org. Jazzandclassics.org. Yes. How'd you get that? Boy, you're lucky. I, we've been around been... for so long. <laughs> <laughs> so as for your community outreach and educational work that you do within the community with schools and, and outside like prisons and the prisoners, mm-hmm. and which I found interesting you mentioned, you haven't done it in a couple of years because of the COVID, but what do you do at the prison? Uh, well, our musicians go... Anywhere we, we ask them to, but we like to bring music to people who can't come to our concert. So they'll go in and play for any, for the uh, people in the prison. I'll do a Q&A. They talk about their personal experiences that might relate to wherever they're at. So it's just like a, kind of an informal concert. And then we have the students in the middle school, high school, elementary. How, how much... Yeah, cover there. We try to get a musician in. Well, we do. We have in the last couple of years, at least, get a musician in every single school. So they work really hard on the days, and then they go at night and play their concerts. But what do, what do they actually do in the schools? When they go to the elementary schools, they'll do uh, an assembly for the full school, and they'll play and uh, I don't know, tell jokes, It'd be inspiring. And then, these are local musicians. No, these are the musicians that came up to play in the festival, the professional musicians. So when they come up to play, you actually get them to go out to the schools as well. Yeah, yeah. They come and stay for about a week and they go around and go to all the schools during the day. They go play around the... They'll play like at Heritage Coffee. They'll play at the hospital, go to one school, and then they'll play their, their ticketed concert at night. So that's how we're very very unique and that's why people love to fund us because we're just like spreading professional music and inspiring people all day they're doing it all day we, we try to give them a day off so they can go out and do all the fun alaska things hmm. that's why they come they agree to do it so they can experience alaska so we'll have a grammy award winner in music playing in one of the like local cafes or the high school yep Yep. He he played at Kindred Post last uh, last fall. He just did a pop-up concert. 
or yeah we do pop-up concerts sometimes just like oh it's nice out today uh let's let's just send this award-winning musician out to play at heritage or uh at marine park or something so yeah we just like to have fun with it and send music all over the place and uh and then get into every single school. That's important to me personally because I used to be a music teacher, but um, they go in and do that. They'll go to the middle schools and the high schools and do workshops uh, with the like the band students and the orchestra students, which I always find interesting because I used to be a music teacher and these outside people would come in and say the exact same thing that I was telling them all year as a music teacher. So I'm like, it's so valuable to hear it from somebody else. And then the kids get inspired to go practice or practice a certain way or play this a certain way and um, just appreciate music for the rest of their lives, whether or not they become professional musicians. Yeah. Well, one more time, uh, for volunteers, you said you're, you can get on uh, board uh, now, or mm-hmm. and what, where, where to, should they go? You, uh, you can send an email to volunteer at jazzandclassics.org, or you can go on our website at jazzandclassics.org, and uh, on, the, on the front page, there's a volunteer section, and you click that button, and it'll uh, take you to the right place. And then when we open volunteer spots, a lot of them go really quickly, so it's good to get on the list. When we open volunteer spots, you get that email, click the link, and get on. Uh, sign up for what you want to do. We need ticket takers, ticket sellers, people handing out programs. If you're interested in how the behind the scenes goes, we need people to help set up lighting and sound, and we need people to clean up afterwards, like all that stuff. And you get to see the concert for free if you help volunteer, so that's a good way if you can't get a ticket. Excellent. Sandy Fortier, Executive Director, Juno Jazz and Classics, today on Action 9. Thank you. Thank you.